For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. This is the Sports Psychology Hour with Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I cannot express the gratitude what my son came and visited you. Dr. Jacobs has been in practice for 37 years as a sports psychologist. I have seen a change in youth sports in the last 10, 15 years. I've talked about it a lot on this show. The Sports Psychology Hour. The best advice on the radio each and every week. Failure and losing and screwing up is something that happens in life, it happens in sports, and I think we have to teach kids how to do that more effectively. This is where sports talk gets real. That word playing, it's gone from our society in a lot of ways with kids. And now here's your host, Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Hello everyone, I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. Welcome to our show here from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. I'm here every week as we talk about the mental side of sports on this show. And if you listen, you know we get into all kinds of topics and take your calls, get into discussions about anxiety, confidence, mental preparation, focus, how you deal with a positive attitude, how you deal with a negative attitude. How do you handle an out-of-control coach? Let's face it, that is an issue for a lot of people. I've been in practice for 37 years in Kansas City as a sports psychologist. I work with athletes around the country. I've been on the radio for 27 years, the last 17 year, here, years here at Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City, our flagship station, and our show is now being broadcast around the country in a number of different venues and look forward to talking with you every week as we get into conversations about your mind and how it affects your athletic performance. Now, last week our show talked about the issue of focusing on effort versus focusing on results. We talked about how a lot of people focus on results, the score, the statistics, the end result, and how that puts a lot of pressure on them if they're not performing well. And I discussed the whole issue of effort and how effort plays a role in what you're doing. You know, I have a saying I shared for years. You can have two athletes who are physically the same, but the one with the stronger mind will come out on top. You know, Yogi Berra said, what, 90% of sports is 90% mental or whatever it was it is. But the fact of the matter is, if your mind isn't together, you can be the best conditioned athlete out there. You may not do as well as you'd like. So what I do with athletes and coaches and teams is we work on performance and we work on attitudes, we work on perspective. And as we're entering the end of summer now, and the fall sports are all about to start, high school sports are starting to set up practices as the high school season will begin here pretty soon. 
football is training camp is on in the NFL and college football is starting. So there are a lot of expectations out there. There are a lot of expectations for people to perform. You know, there are all these preseason polls in whatever sport you play about what you're going to do or what team's going to win, what team's going to lose, what place everybody's going to come in. So what kind of expectation does that put on an athlete and a coach in terms of pressure? So today I want to talk about this issue, the issue of performance anxiety. If you've played sports, you've heard about that. What is performance anxiety? Well, it's getting tense, uptight, mentally, physically about your performance. How does that affect you as an athlete? It can interfere with your performance. It can affect your muscle movement, your mindset. When a certain level of physical arousal is helpful, it can prepare you. The physical symptoms of anxiety become overwhelming. They can interfere with the way you perform. So you need some tension to get going. But then too much tension, too much anxiety, too much pressure can cause that angst and you don't do well. Especially if you're a golfer. You know, let's take golf for a minute. Golf is a sport that requires so much relaxation. You need to be fit mentally and physically. You need to be stretched out as I've been told by many people. You need to have the right mindset. But if you are too uptight when you're playing golf, mentally, you'll get uptight physically. And then when you get uptight physically, your swing's screwed up. So anxiety can cause all kinds of things mentally and physically to you. So I want to open up our phone lines, and I'd like to get some calls in here. I want to find out from you what gets you anxious in sports when have you been anxious in sports i know it's a topic that a lot of everybody has it how does anxiety how does tension how does pressure affect you in a positive or negative way does it turn you on or turn you off several months ago i interviewed my cousin patrice wolfson who owned affirmed the 11th horse to win the Triple Crown, 1978. And the jockey who rode a firm, his name was Steve Cawthon, at the time was a 17-year-old, innocent kid from Kentucky, who's named Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year. Got to know Steve a little bit as he rode my cousin's horse, as I saw him race several times, the firm raced six times. And one of the things that he told me once, and then I saw him quoted about it, I don't like to psych myself up for a race. I like to psych myself down. If I'm too psyched up, I get too tense and the horse picks it up and then we don't ride well. So I like to be relaxed. So, I'd like to find out from you. If you are an athlete, what gets you anxious? What makes you anxious when you perform, when you play sport? I'd like to hear from you if you're an athlete. Does anxiety help you or hurt you? I know there are people listening right now on the way to the golf course. I hear this from people all the time. They listen to the show on the way to go play. And I'd like to find out from you, do you sometimes get too tense when you play golf? What causes that tension? What causes that anxiety? Well, it starts in your mind. It starts with expectations that you put on yourself to perform. 
I'd like to hear from you if you're an athlete. What gets you tense and tight? What gets you anxious when you play your sport? And how do you deal with it? How do you handle it? How do you react to it? Can anxiety and tension and pressure be a motivator? Or can it be a negative? I'd like to hear from you and see what you say. We have our first caller, Jed, who's on line one this morning. Let's talk to Ryan. Ryan, good morning. How are you? Good morning, sir. How are you? Great. Get your thoughts on our I topic. listen to your show every every uh, every morning on Sundays when I'm on my way back home from work. Uh, well, thank you. a lot of perspective on that. Thank you. Um, I, um, as a former athlete, you know, I played college and high school football and baseball and stuff, and uh, one thing that always kind of gave me anxiety was playing from behind. And when, like, when things start, like, oh, we're, you know, you gave up that first. I play defense, too. So, you know, we gave up that first touchdown. Offense didn't answer. You know, now we're, we're in the hole now. You know, and my coaches, one of my coaches always preached, you know, one stop, one score, you know, was the way to, the way to combat it. But, you know, we didn't always get the score. And when the score starts piling up, piling up, and piling up, that's when you start, as an athlete, most athletes will start doing a little extra, you know, and we'll, we'll try to be able to put a little extra effort or do things they don't normally do, and that's really when mistakes are made. And I see it with quarterbacks all the time. You know, they want to make that extra tight throw, you know, when really that easy check down throw is probably the right way to go. But I kind of take that same thing into my, you know, my life with my, my hobby, you know, doing my art and stuff. You know, I custom design shoes. And uh, I kind of, when you get played from behind and stuff like that, but I've learned to, you know, from, from all that, I've learned to just to calm down and let things kind of go. And, you know, and a lot of times it works out. It works itself out if you just stick to the game. Plan. Well, you're bringing up a good point. I'll tell you what, Ryan, I'm going to put you on hold. We have to go to our commercial break here. And now sure. I want to continue this conversation with you after a commercial break. So I'll put you on hold here in a second because I've got some comments I want to make to you. So hold on a second. We'll be right back. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and this is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour, and I'm here every week talking about the mental side of sports. And today's topic is the issue of performance anxiety. Do you have it when you play sports? We've been talking to Ryan, who's been waiting during our commercial break. Ryan, thanks for holding on. You know, I, I want to ask. I want to ask you something. You said, you know, when you were playing football, if you fell behind, then you'd start thinking about the score. Correct. Yes. Okay. And, you know, we talked last week on the show about this topic, focus on effort versus focus on results. I find that when you start focusing too much on results, when you start focusing too much on score, it can get you anxious. It can get you uptight. And that's why we talk about focusing on effort. So in these high school games when you played, 
when you're sitting there and you fall behind, then you start realizing what the score is. Did that tense you up? And then sometimes you didn't play as well because you were worried too much about the score. Absolutely, because the scoreboard's right there. You know, it's on both sides of the field. You know, it's something that you can look at when you come over on the sidelines and coach them, like, come talk to me, come talk to me. And you just come up there and you, just, and you see it. And you're like, oh, we're down 14. What are we going to do? You know. Well, I, I, and I'm going to, hold on, I'm going to answer that question right there. You, if you want to succeed, I want you to think about what Tom Brady did in the Super Bowl a year and a half ago. Halftime, 28-3, down to Atlanta. What happened? They came back and won. How did they do that? How did they do that, Ryan? Well, I mean, Tom Brady, you know, his mental focus is so far behind, you know, beyond – some, some of ours, you know, especially athletes, you know, it takes a special type of, of mind, especially, you know, coming from a leader to, to, get, to, get, to get guys to, hey, don't pay attention to that. Play your game. Play it to the best of your ability. That's what's going to get us over the hump. And it's hard, it's, it's, it's hard to be able to envision that but when you have that leadership, such as Tom Brady or other like or, or Michael Jordan or even a LeBron James, you know that has that that mental focus that can put you over that hump, or that coach that can put like a Belichick or a Cower or uh, a, a Gruden even, you know that can say, hey, I don't even want you to look at that, you know that that when in college I've quit looking at the paper. I quit looking at that because all that would do would discourage me and bring me out of my game. Well, here's here's the, but here's here's the point, Ryan, and I want to I want to comment on what you've just said here. You don't have to be Tom Brady, you don't have to be Derek Jeter, you don't have to be you know Ben Roethlisberger, okay? You right. or LeBron James, okay? Anybody can do this, and it starts with as I've talked for years on this show. I've been on the radio twenty seven years. You say you listen quite frequently. One of the things mm-hmm. I talk about is with youth sports, with kids, teaching kids how to lose, how to fail, and not to be scared of it, not to be scared of making mistakes, to learn from and grow from it, use it as a motivator rather than a negative. And anxiety happens for many people when they start thinking too much and worrying too much about the results. If you focus on what you're doing, the anxiety will not be as strong. Now, tension and anxiety can be a motivator and challenge you to do better and focus better if you've learned to do that, and that's where... I think with young athletes, with youth sports and high school sports, good coaches teach kids not to be scared, but to embrace. In our book, Just Let Them Play, our third chapter is called Embracing Failure Can Lead to Fun. And that's because if you teach kids to not be scared of screwing up, then when you're playing a sporting event, you miss a putt, you double fault, you you strike out, you miss a shot, you're you're just going to keep playing because you're going to focus on your effort. Ryan, I want to thank you, sir, for calling in. Great call this morning. Appreciate you listening every week, and you take care of yourself. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Okay. And I'd like to hear from you. If you're an athlete, what gets you anxious when you play sports? What gets you tense? What gets you uptight? What is it that makes you feel performance anxiety? What causes you to start to stress? 
a lot of it, I believe, and as I said earlier in the show, as we started the show today, expectations, that word, expectations of what we're supposed to do, what we should do, what we can do, what we need to do, what the coaches or our parents or our teammates or our friends expect us to do. Are you going to, you know, high school athletes come and talk to me all the time. And typically they'll get this comment. Are you going to win today? Are you going to kick their butt today? Are you going to come out on top? Now, a lot of athletes, a lot of people take that as a motivator, as a challenge to concentrate and do better. But some people take that and it interprets, they interpret that as tension and then they start stressing because then they start thinking too much about, oh, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. And that's where I think the pressure comes in. So as a coach, what do you say to your athletes? What do you say to your athletes to help them focus? Help them focus. What do you say? What do you say to their to your athletes to help them focus better on the field? Do you talk about score and results? Do you talk more about the effort of their performance? And I'd like to hear if you're a coach. What do you say to your athletes, to your teams, to help them relax and not get stressed? At the same time, what have you told your team sometimes? As a coach, let, let's see if we can get a coach who calls up today and can tell us. You know what? Our team didn't play well today because I put too much pressure on them. I talked too much about results, about score, about statistics, and I didn't talk enough about their effort. And consequently, because I was focusing too much on the results, I saw them get uptight. Here's the thing. Anxiety manifests itself in physical tension. The first way you see anxiety in an athlete is getting there. They'll start to tense up. You know, when you're playing relaxed, you're fluid, you're confident, you're focused. Everything's going smoothly. But then if you if you are relaxed, you can see the body relaxing and you can see their mind relaxing. As a coach, you can see it. We're going to come back from our commercial break. Tom will be up first. And I want to find out from you, if you're a coach, how you get your athletes to relax. How do you get them to focus on what they're doing and not get uptight? What kind of anxiety causes your athletes to stress out, to freak out? And if you are an athlete, what stresses you out when you're playing? I think a lot of it, like I said, comes from thinking too much about results, thinking too much about the expectations that your parents, your coaches, your friends have on you. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and this is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and this is the Sports Psychology Hour from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHP in Kansas City. I'm here every week. We talk about sports psychology on the show, one of the 
few shows in the country that delves into this topic. I have 37 years of experience working in this field. I love doing this show every week. Today's topic is the issue of anxiety. How does anxiety affect your sports performance positively or negatively? I'd like to hear from if you're a coach. How does that affect your athletes? What do you do to help them deal with that? What causes your athletes to get uptight? If you are an athlete, what gets you nervous and uptight on the sports performance arena? Let's go to the phones. Let's talk to Tom. We waited patiently over the break. Tom, good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. I've, uh, I've coached high school sports for 30 years, and my philosophy has always been to encourage the kids to play 100%, and after the game or practice, you can look in the mirror and say, I put out 100%. The winning will come. You know, I they've think got that... To feel, sorry, go they've ahead. got to feel good about themselves after the game, because if they don't, then they get really stressed with one-loss stuff. Okay, I, I agree with you 100%. But, and this is a big but, what gets in the way of that? Well, parents, society expectations of winning is everything. And at the high school level, I'm sorry, guys, it's <laughs> winning's important, fun, and all that, but it's not everything. So how do we change it, Tom? What do you do as a coach to change it? Because that's, you know, if you've listened to the show before, you know, I talk about this all the time. I've talked about it for years. And I see athletes in my office every week. I get new clients every week who come in who have to deal with this issue. And, and I'll give you a great example. I had a young man late, late spring who came into my office with his parents. I've mentioned this before. His baseball player and his coach, who I think has no business coaching after what this young man told me and the parents told me, said, "If you, he's a baseball pitcher. If you walk a guy, you're out of the game. Okay? Now, yeah, is I, that, is that I pretty, remember that. Is that pretty stupid or what? I mean, you, you tell well, me. Well, <laughs> I remember that uh, story that you've told. And... Um, First of all, I'm not a real believer in Little League sports, but I don't want to get into that right now. But I feel like coaches aren't being taught to coach. It's uh, a different atmosphere than it used to be. And um, they will hire anybody to coach at all the levels in public school and private, probably. But when these Little League coaches are on their own ego trip, We've got a problem, and parents don't want to hear the proper education on handling this. Well, I always like to say a good coach is a good psychologist, a bad coach is a sports psychologist. And that, you know, that, <laughs> individual, that individual right there, okay, I mean, if you're a baseball pitcher, you're going to walk somebody. I mean, it's, it's going to happen. So sit, telling, telling your pitcher, if you walk someone, you're out of the game, well, then what's that high school pitcher going to be thinking about? Well, you know, it's funny that the, the parent that brought that child in didn't just, why did he bring him in? He should have, what he should have done was gone to the coach and say, we're going to find another team. Well, very simple. It's when you're playing high school ball, you can't just transfer in the middle of April. So yeah, that, that's, part of, that's part of the problem. So let me ask this <laughs> question, Tom. When you have a, an athlete who's getting anxious, how can you tell what are the symptoms you notice and what do you do as a coach to help them? Well, and what's, excuse they, me, and what sports that you didn't mention? What sports you coach? 
I coached football, basketball, track, and golf. Okay, so a wide range. a period of 30 years. Okay. Uh, first of all, sometimes or quite often they'll try to blame anybody but themselves. And you have to put the focus a little bit on them in a, in a, in a good way. But I think a lot is how you manage the practice, how you uh, maybe talk to the kids before they leave the gym or the field. Um, if, if, you, if the kids leave the field with a negative everything, they're going to carry that to the next practice or to the game. So I think there has to be some positive reinforcement throughout practice and at the end of the practice session if possible. See, one of the things that I, I think that's great, and, and one of the things that I encourage every athlete I work with, and every athlete I, I tell them to do this, or I, I ask them to do it and tell them to do it, keep a journal. Okay, I, I'm a huge proponent of journaling, and here's why. When you write things down every day after practice, at the end of your game, whatever, take some time that night, take a few minutes, just write in your journal about how it went. What was good today? What do I need to improve on? And end it with a positive. And you will find, if you do things like that, it will be amazing after a couple of weeks how you start to see the patterns of behavior you have that are positive and negative with what you do. Exactly. That's and great. And you'll start to recognize the anxiety and the tension that you'll start to have and how you can overcome it. You know, the other thing that I think is indicative of a good, successful coach, not necessarily a successful team or season, is do the kids come back after they've left when they're 25, 30 years old? Do they come back to your practices and games and talk to you and develop a relationship? Well, and that's, you know, that's a great point, and we, we just here in Kansas City lost a legend recently, Bud Lathrop, who coached for many, many years at Raytown South High School, passed away. Bud has been on my show several times with me, uh, called in numerous times. Wonderful man, wonderful man, and unfortunately he passed away a little more than a month ago. Right, but, I, I knew Bud real well. And, you know, he was controversial at times because he was, was a yeller, but there was a uh, back in April. There was a get together in honor of him, and hundreds and hundreds of players came to talk about what he taught them. And Bud used to tell me, "Listen, you know, I would coach. I would tell them what they're doing wrong. I'd tell them what they're doing right. But at the end of the day, I'd always give them a hug." And yeah, that's that to me is I think what your job as a coach is. It's anxiety and tension. You you mentioned the parents, the expectations that come from parents. And let's face it, today it's a lot different. Than it was 20, 10, 10 years ago. The pressure to succeed, the pressure to win, the pressure to get a college scholarship is there. And then, of course, you know, you have to perform in college or you lose your scholarship. So it really comes back to, I think, attitude, effort, personality, and an understanding of success and failure and how you handle that. Do you agree with that? Oh, yeah. That's the reason I'm a real believer in your philosophy and and the book you wrote. So that's, yeah, we're on track here, but we got to get that across the country. Well, listen, good luck coaching this fall. I'm sure you're already, if you're getting into high school sports, you're already starting to go. So good luck with the time. Well, actually, I'm retired, so I'm on my way to the golf course right now. Okay, well then don't don't get too anxious on the golf course. Relax and have fun. Don't worry about your score. Exactly. I'll see you. Okay, take care. Thanks for your call, Tom. Appreciate it. Great calls. A couple of calls this morning we've had are great so far. And I want to hear from you. If you're a parent, I've had a coach call up. I want to hear from you if you're a parent. What causes anxiety and tension for your son or daughter as an athlete? What gets them uptight? 
What do you notice? What do you say? I'd like to hear from a parent who'd be brave enough to share, a, man, a, a father or mother, to share with us what is it you've told your kids who play sports that you've noticed causes them to get uptight. I'd like to hear from you if you're a parent. I know there are a lot of parents listening to this show. What have you noticed you've said to your kids before about their sports performance that makes them uptight, that gets them tense, that forces them, results in them not playing well? Give me a call and let's talk. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. This is the Sports Psychology Hour. Hello again, everyone. I am sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs, and from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City, I'm here every week talking about the mental side of sports. And today's topic is the issue of anxiety in sports. What causes anxiety to come on if you're an athlete? And if you're a coach or a parent, what are the signs and symptoms that you see? And I'd like to hear from a parent. I'd like to hear from a parent out there whose son or daughter plays sports, and you can tell. They're getting uptight. They're getting tense. They're getting anxious when they're playing. What causes it? What do you notice starts to cause that to happen? And what do you say as a parent to your son or daughter when that happens? Do you ignore it? Do you address it? Do you try to help them? Do you put more pressure on them? You know, our last caller, Tom, said he coached for 30 years. What are the sources of stress and anxiety on kids? That he's first thing he said with parents. Let's go next to Sarah. Good morning, Sarah. How are you? Hi. Good morning. So are you a parent? No, I'm a personal trainer. Personal trainer. All right. What? So what do you? Uh, what kind of athletes do you work with? Oh, I work, work with a w- wide array of, of athletes and clients. What is the one thing you see as a trainer maybe that causes tension in athletes? Uh, with my golfers, I think they have a hard time with uh, – with their game and the mental aspect of when they're playing and they play, they're not playing well and the, the frustration level that they get with that and what follows. You know, golf, I've played for 50 years. Well, long, how long have I played? 55 years. Okay, although tennis was my sport growing up, but I played golf forever. But one of the things I know with golf is as soon as you start to think too much and you focus on results and score, you get tense. And then sure. when you get tense, it screws up your swing. And I'm guessing if you work with golfers, that's one of the things you try to help them out with. Uh, and and uh, they'll come in, uh, the golfers that I train, and, you know, the the sequence of events, you start out stressed and they miss a shot, they're two strokes over, and then it goes to four. And I think the uh, the consequences of that, you know, um, even playing to the risk of, of being injured uh, your head's not in the game, you're frustrated with your results, and you just push yourself more and more, and uh, it really throws off their game. I think I think not being able to unwind and relax, and what are some good techniques and cues to, uh, if you're in the middle of a game and you're really frustrated and you're stressed out, how can I tell them to to stop that? Well, one of the first things I try to work with people on is a pre-shot routine, and it's not just for each shot, but it's for their game. So one of the things we try to talk about is mental preparation before you play. I have relaxation and visualization exercises I teach athletes, and you can get them on my website under the products page on, under my Winners Unlimited website. 
and you teach people about the difference between physical tension and, and mental tension. You, you go through a breathing exercise, a progressive muscle relaxation exercise, a confidence building section, and a visualization section, and it makes them aware of tension. So if you start to stand over the ball, you notice your shoulders are getting tight, you may be thinking too much, step back, take a deep breath, hunch up your shoulders, take a deep breath, relax, and get rid of that tension, and you can calm you down. And I'm sure as a trainer, then that's, that's, you're going to notice that when you're working with them. Well, right. And, and what I think is really important is how stress can lead to injury. And uh, even even training, uh, people that come in and they're all pent up about work. And while exercise and working out can can benefit and, and lower stress, I think if you're stressed on your performance, uh, you're going to wind up hurting yourself. And that's what I try to emphasize on on being able to uh, catch yourself before you're too stressed out. Well, what do you what do you say to the athletes you're training then uh, to help them relax? Well, I tell them not to uh, to slow down and enjoy themselves and to be in the moment and be and be conscious of your body. You know, they have to actually realize what's going on instead of just mentally pushing themselves to the max. Okay, so for the weekend golfer, for the weekend golfer who gets uptight, you know, they're not playing well, they double bogey the first hole, they're all ticked off, slam their club down because their two playing partners both par the first hole. Now they're all upset. They go to the second hole, and they've got to hit that drive down the middle of the fairway or they're screwed, basically, is what they're thinking. And then they yank it into the water on the left. What do you, t- as, as, as a trainer then, if you're out there following them around, what are you going to tell them? I'm going to tell them to uh, relax and remember it's just a game. And Well, yeah, okay, great, great. Relax, that's a game. Okay, he's sitting there saying, I'm two shots behind my friends. They're rubbing it into me. I can't relax now. I've got, I've got to par this hole, and now I'm, now I'm already, you know, I'm going to bogey it at best. So and, what do you say to them if you're training them, trying to get them, and you say, look at your body, you're, you, you can see the tension, can't you? Absolutely. And if that stress that they're putting on themselves, they're going to wind up hurting their back in that swing because they're not focused on taking care of themselves at that moment. Then by the 12th hole, they're going to be so uptight, they're yanking everything, they're going to want to quit. And they're going to come hobbling into me in three days because they hurt themselves over the weekend. Well, Sarah, thanks for your call. I appreciate that. You know, that, that, that that's a great point. Here's a, a personal trainer who can see the physical stress. So I want to hear from you. Let's get a parent to call in here. If you are a, your son or daughter plays sports, what gets them anxious in their sports venue? I don't care if it's an individual sport, a team sport, if they're a boy or a girl, what gets them anxious? And how, as a parent, do you try to help them with that? Let's get a call in here as we wrap things up today. I want to find out from you, if you are a parent, what gets your son or daughter uptight playing sports? I think, having raised two sons who are now in their 28 and 27, late 20s, I know when they played, one of the things we always talked about was having fun, enjoy the game, learn, and grow. And my sons got frustrated if they didn't do well. As a parent, then I'd have to sit there, and of course, because I'm also a sports psychologist, says, Dad, don't, my younger son, Gregory used to say, Dad, don't psychologize me. I love that word, don't psychologize me. He came up with a new word. I said, I'm not psychologizing you, but you need to relax and have some fun. And eventually, when he hit middle school, he started to figure that out because he wanted to swim as well as his friends. Sometimes he didn't do as well as them. It would bother him. And I'd say, but are you doing the best you can? He goes, yeah, but it's not good enough. So I would sit there and support him and try to be reassuring and encouraging to him. 
and say, hey, what are you doing to get better? Your times are dropping. You're getting faster. Focus on you. And I think as a parent, to me, that's the most important thing you can do is get your son or daughter to try to focus on self-improvement. The problem we have today is we are in a comparison game. We compare everything we do. Everything is measured. Everything is evaluated. There are statistics. One of the things I dislike about sports today, and I love sports, one of the things I dislike about it is everything is measured. There's a statistic for everything. I mean, I was watching a baseball game the other day, and they they were measuring average speed of a pitch that's hit for a home run. I'm like, well, who comes up with these stats? Who? I mean, where did... Where do people come up with these statistics? Why? What difference does it make? Okay. There's so much emphasis on results, so much emphasis on scores, so much emphasis on measurements. We don't put enough emphasis and encouragement on the enjoyment of what you're doing. All right. We haven't heard from any parents, but here's the deal. I think as a parent... You want your son or daughter to have fun, first of all. You want them to learn and grow and get better. They're going to get stressed. They're going to get tight. They're going to get worried and negative about something at some point in their sports performance because another kid or another team is doing better. And I think the thing you need to do is is slow the process down, focus on why they're playing, about having fun, the enjoyment of the event. What are they learning? What are they growing from? I mentioned earlier in the show about the importance of keeping a journal. A lot of people don't really like writing things down. But I am a big, big, big believer in it. The athletes I work with in my 37 years have done this forever. And the ones who have really made it to the top have all kept journals, whom I've worked with. They've kept journals and they, and they evaluate themselves. They understand what their stressors are. They understand what their motivators are. They understand what makes them feel good. They understand what the things that people say or people do they kept them up tight. As I mentioned earlier, high school sports are starting now. It's the fall season's about to begin. And the expectations that are placed on a lot of these kids are really high. I have a young man I'm working with right now is a high school quarterback. He's being heavily recruited around the country by a number of schools, big-time D1 schools. They're going to watch him play. He's going to have to make a commitment to some school here. said he'd like to make a commitment by the end of September. That's sort of the date he's given himself. And he goes, Doc, I've got to play well. Because some of these schools have said, you know, we're going we're gonna to decide what kind of scholarship offer we're going to give you based on how you play. And I said, well, you know what? Our focus has to be on self-control, what you can do, being ready, being focused, being prepared, having the right mindset, but most importantly, having fun with what you're doing. And this young man's bought into it, and he's agreed. He says, if I'm having fun, then all that other stuff's going to play in. It'll all fall into place. I think that's the key thing. So you're going out to the golf course, go to the tennis court, going on a run going to watch your team play, whatever sport it is. Focus first on having fun. Relax. Don't worry about the score. Focus on your effort. Try to have a good time. The anxiety will lessen, and the fun will be greater. I'm sports psychologist Dr. Andrew Jacobs. I'm here every week from our flagship station, Sports Radio 810 WHB in Kansas City. There are a lot of ways to get a hold of me if you'd like to reach me. Our shows are podcasted here at Sports Radio 810 WHB. They're podcasted on my website, which is winnersunlimited.com. You can get a hold of me at winnersunlimited.com with an email at drj at winners, W-I-N-N-E-R-S, unlimited.com. Follow me on Twitter at, at drjsportspsych, at drjsportpsych. 
And my office number is 816-561-5556. Love to hear from you. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next week. This is Sports Psychology Today. You've been listening to the Sports Psychology Hour. For more information, go to winnersunlimited.com.